Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen, real results, real care, real about recovery. Hey everyone, welcome to the Fantasy Football Addicts Podcast. My name is Mung. Hey everybody, it's Los. Welcome back. Uh, week four wrap-up, week five preview. Boy, there's been a lot of good football this week. Yeah, this has been, uh, I feel like every year it's a crazy start to the season, but especially this year, just with all the different injuries and then all of a sudden some studs who are underperforming just go off. I think that's, I, although I think I say that every single year, boy, this is a weird year of football I, every single year. <laughs> yeah, but I, I guess that's what makes it so fun because we think we know everything and then we get proven that, you know, everything that we said is wrong within a week or two. Well, not me. Oh, no, just me? No. All right. That's, that's no. my bad. Mostly Dan. Oh, well, of course. I mean, that's, that's to be expected, though. Uh-huh. How's, uh, how's your beard looking? Mine? No, Mung's. Oh. Oh, I thought you were just trying to get Dan to actually talk on the show for I, once. I actually have a beard. That's, oh. that's why. Well, either of yours. It was supposed to be a lead-in to the next segment, but okay. <laughs> okay, what's the lead-in? Please tell us. The next sec, I, it was just it was just a segue. Oh, okay. Um, okay. All right. Well, that was a terrible segue. So we're just gonna continue <sighs> on and forget. It was that. a great segue if you would have seen it coming. Well, we're gonna forget that this ever happened. We're just gonna move on here to uh, the Gillette close shave of the week. And this week, Drew Brees made his triumphant return to San Diego, and trailing the Chargers late in the fourth quarter. The Saints drove down the field for a late touchdown to win the game. And once they got down to the one-yard line, Saints fullback John Kuhn pounded the ball into the end zone for his third touchdown of the day, capping off the victory. Get your close shave like John Kuhn with Gillette Razors, our best blades for a few dollars a month. Fresh blades delivered to your door, no commitments. That's right, John Kuhn looking great out there. Uh, screw John Kuhn. I thought I was done hating him when he left the Packers, but apparently not. Hey, if you leave the Packers, then I can root for you a little bit. Like not, when Brett Favre went to the Jets, right? That was fun. Not when you steal all of Mark Ingram and Kobe Fleener's touchdowns, man. Well, that's why you don't buy it on Kobe Fleener. Hey, you just wait, all right? Kobe Fleener is going to be amazing by the end of the season. He's going he's gonna to be doing what Jimmy Graham's done the last couple of weeks, all right? No, I agree. We saw those flashes two weekends ago. Yeah, um, he would have had a touchdown here if not for John Kuhn, but uh, we will get to that game shortly. Let's kick it off with the Thursday night preview for this coming week, which is going to be Arizona at San Francisco. What do you think? A battle in the NFC West. A uh, couple questions. What's wrong with Carson Palmer? Um, is this team good? Are they terrible? I, I really don't have the answer. Well, I have the answer to the first one now. Palmer, um, of course, is in concussion protocol, so that's what's wrong with him right now. But before that, there was something else going on, too. Um, Stanton, of course, played pretty awfully. Um, two touchdowns, or two, uh, zero touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, th they'll be rolling into San Francisco, which has a decent enough defense, but I expect with a little more preparation if Stanton has to play I do expect them to look a little bit better um uh, Chris Johnson came out of the game with a groin injury uh David Johnson can you continue to continue to look like a stud 83 yards on the ground 40 more um through the air 
Uh, and as expected, the wide receiver roulette wheel has emerged with Brown recovering, uh, taking 10 catches down for 140 yards. Floyd gets the touchdown and 30 yards. Larry with 60 yards. Um, going forward, this is uh, what, what I was thinking preseason. All three of them are going to be uh, flex options going forward. I can't really have them higher, but I like all three of them. Yeah, right now reports don't sound great for Carson Palmer playing Thursday. Uh, we're expecting Drew Stanton under center and certainly nothing exciting there. You're starting David Johnson, but as you said, kind of a wide receiver roulette here. Um, just look at what happened in 2014 when Palmer missed some time. Stanton is, at best, um, a, a decent backup quarterback, and I hesitate to even say that. Uh, we, we did mention last week on the show, John Brown, if he was dropped in the league, the time was coming, his snap count was going up, uh, it was only a matter of time until he had a nice game. That said, with Carson Palmer out for at least this week, we'll see how productive any of these guys are. I think that I think they're going to this is going to be a good game plan. I think they're going to come back. Um, this is they, they seem to have one week on one week off, no matter if it's home or away. Uh, this this is going to be an on week. I, I don't honestly think that Stanton is that much of a backdrop um, or a, a step back from the way Carson Palmer has been playing this year. Ooh, uh, I don't know about that. Um, I, I will say that. Uh, one one other thing that I do want to keep an eye on is how severe this groin injury is for Chris Johnson. Uh, if anything were to happen to David Johnson, they just re-signed Kerwin Williams today, and Andre Ellington is still there. So definitely keep an eye on those guys in deeper leagues. Um, what about the San Francisco side? Gabbert was Gabbert, uh, 196 yards, a touchdown, an interception. Uh, in, unable to impress me against the, the weak Dallas secondary. Um, Curley. Uh, was was the uh, wide receiver of the day with six catches, 88 yards, and a touchdown after only two catches last week. There's there's not enough work there for to uh, not enough consistent work for him to be a consideration. Um, you have to expect better from Torrey Smith than one target or uh, one catch for three yards. But Blaine Gabbert just cannot push the ball downfield. He's completely incapable of that. So I, I really still can't touch any of these wide receivers, no matter how good of a day they have, unless like Colin Kaepernick gets on the field or something crazy happens. Uh, Carlos Hyde is the only reliable starter here. Yeah, and we've seen that Carlos Hyde will get plenty of volume regardless of what the game uh, looks like, uh, regardless of the game flow, I should say. Um, no one else really, I, I will say for desperation, uh, flex play, or if, if you're really desperate in a deep league at tight end, Garrett Selleck, uh, Lance Kendricks did have a decent day against Arizona. Uh, I don't know. Uh, the other thing is, I guess the San Francisco defense is, is an okay potential streaming option at home against Drew Stanton. I think you have a lot more faith in him than I do. I expect at least one pick and one fumble. We'll see. Um, even without Navarro Bowman, who is headed to IR uh, with that Achilles injury. Uh, sad to hear about him, but I think that San Francisco defense is still going to be decent enough to give Stanton some problems. See, I actually think that Navarro Bowman's injury is the worst thing that could happen to this defense. He's the he's the emotional leader on that on that uh, on the defense. He's the best player on that defense as well. Um, before I was saying San Francisco's a good defense, I, I expect them to get pretty much rolled for the rest of the season. Yeah, that said, uh, I don't. <laughs> Arizona's looked terrible to date, and I'll I'll take the home team on a short week missing Carson Palmer. Give me San Francisco here. No, not, I can't do it. Arizona's going to take this game. All right, we'll see. We'll see about that. Um, the yeah. next game here, New England at Cleveland. Uh, a, a little a little fella named Mr. Tom Brady will be back for this game. Yeah, I've heard of him. I, I know him. 
what an embarrassing loss versus Buffalo. Um, perfect timing with Brady coming back. Pray, say prayers for the Browns. That's that's really all all you can do and all they'll be able to do. Uh, they're going to get 50 points hung on them this game. Um, yeah, very little to add to that. Thoughts and prayers with the Browns indeed. Um, the only notes I would maybe include here are two potential waiver wire ads. One is James White. If uh, he was dropped in your league, he certainly had a pretty poor start to the season. Um, he's done very little to date, but he figures to see more PPR production with Brady back now. Um, I think that that whole offense, uh, as you say, is going to be on the rise. Um, and the number two is actually the New England defense. Uh, they had a great, great game against Houston, and they really struggled against Buffalo this past week. But don't forget that they also get Rob Ninkovich back from suspension, which is a huge addition to their pass rush and their run defense. Um, the New England defense may have been dropped or will be dropped after this week, after a poor showing. Um, I think they need to be picked up. Yeah, uh, I, I don't. I, I agree with you there. Um, for anybody worried about uh, Rob Gronkowski, the work he's been getting done, um, I think this is the week he breaks out. I think they've just been waiting for Tom Brady to get there before making Gronk do anything crazy, set him up to fail. Um, lay, uh, you know, set him up to get completely nailed by safeties coming across the middle with Jacoby Brissett attempting to throw the ball his way. Um, I think he's going to be just fine this game. I also think Bennett's worth a start this game and Edelman, White, and Blunt this game. I, I really think that this is one of those games like uh, that Belichick takes and, and seriously tries to throw 60 points on the board. I've seen him do it before. Yeah, and uh, just for funsies, I know I'm going to have at least one DFS lineup where it's just all Patriots, just because. <laughs> because why not? You never know. I wonder if that's affordable. I, I think it is. Why wouldn't it be? I, it's got to be with James White as a run. Yeah, yeah it, it has to be. I'm, I think it's very affordable. Yeah, probably. What I are, wonder what Brady, I, I haven't looked, but I, I wonder if Brady's going to be like just a run-of-the-mill price quarterback, or if he, is he going to be the top? No, uh, from the quick glances that I've taken a look at, I, I think he's already pretty close to the top. That, that's what I figured. Yeah. Um, on the other end here, uh, Cleveland actually played pretty well against Washington and until the fourth quarter, at least. Uh, and then, you know, Cleveland did what Cleveland does. Yeah, they, they uh, are going to get steamrolled, of course, like I said, 40 plus points, 50 plus points, whatever. But they're going to need to be trying to push the ball on offense. They're going to be trying to throw the ball a lot. Um, I think this is a Duke Johnson game. I think Terrell Pryor uh, might see a lot. I, I mean, he'll have to see a lot of looks this game and he may pick up good chunks of yardage. The New England defense is good. I mean, they're going to stop them from scoring, but they're not going to. I mean, there's going to be a lot of yardage gained by Cleveland in this game if they're if they get a chance uh, start Barnage as well. Yeah, you're not super excited about starting any of these guys, but Pryor, Crowell, all of them will have garbage time opportunity opportunities aplenty in this game. Uh, certainly, Crowell has actually looked really good. I think he's averaging over six yards per carry on the ground right now. Um, but at the same time, uh, I'll happily bet on whatever Vegas sets the line at for the Patriots win in this matchup. I wouldn't Even be shocked if it's like 42-17, something like that. What if it was like 22 and a half? You'd take that? I'll take it. Whatever Vegas oh. thinks is is the line, <laughs> I will bet. I will bet that. Crimey. Um. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm assuming you're taking New England as well. Oh yes, sir. All right. Uh. Next game here we're going to talk about is Philadelphia at Detroit. Um. Coming off the bye, I think Carson Wentz is a great streaming quarterback option against a Detroit defense that just gave up 300 yards and two touchdowns to Brian Hoyer. Um, we'll see how healthy Ryan Matthews is from that perspective. Uh, you know, coming back off that ankle injury that he suffered week one, 
Uh, but of course, Darren Sproles here and a clear RB2 in PPR. His usage has seen a big increase early on in the season. And then in, the, in terms of the receivers, Jordan Matthews looks like a solid wide receiver too against a pretty bad Detroit secondary. And even Nelson Aguilar, we saw Carson Wentz connected on a couple deep shots to him. Certainly could uh, get another touchdown here. And then Zach Ertz, uh, he should be back with his collarbone or shoulder injury, and he's a solid tight end one this week. Detroit has allowed six touchdowns to tight ends in the first four games of the season. Yeah, I, I can't help but echo every one of those sentiments. Um, but Detroit did a really good job at making Chicago look like a, an NFL starting roster. Um, so I can only imagine what Philadelphia, the rookie Carson Wentz, is going to do. Um, Ertz being back is only going to help the cause. Uh, I, I think. A good idea might be to look into look deeper into one of these backup running backs. I'm not sure how much work Ryan Matthews is really going to get here. Sproles is is not the starter at running back, but but he's definitely the guy to own on that team. And I really think that after that game against I think uh, against Pittsburgh, it looks like they might be you know willing to use Wendell Smallwood a lot more. So I, I don't know Ryan Matthews owners if there's any time to sell him, it's it's probably now before he's worth absolutely he's worth little now, but he may be worth absolutely nothing soon. Yeah, I don't know. I think this is just devolving into a big committee mess. Um, uh, Ryan Matthews is going to be the main ball carrier on first and second downs, I believe, if if he's healthy. Uh, that said, we're going to see Barner at the goal line every now and again. We see that Sproles gets most of the passing down work, but who knows when he'll wear out. Uh, it's really just a mess. I mean, the difference there, though, is this is a productive committee versus the Miami committee where you don't want to touch any part of it. That's true, I guess. Um, I, I guess I just view this as, you know, who knows who's going to get the touchdown uh, every other week. So I, I'm not really rushing to the waiver wire to pick up any of these guys. Oh, yeah. Deep, deep, deep leagues only. Only the deepest of leagues. Sure. And then the one other note I had was also the Philadelphia defense looked very solid before their bye week. Um, and of course, the the uh, advantage to picking up them up now is that you won't need to grab another defense for the rest of the season assuming that they stay uh they stay pretty good uh, even with nigel bradham getting arrested for having a concealed weapon at the airport i just don't understand things like that but i, I think that their front seven still looks pretty great and their secondary has been doing pretty well so far yeah you can't be doing these things <laughs> all right um what about the detroit side so unfortunately for detroit after after much touting uh Dwayne washington who I was lucky enough to uh, claim off waivers and be have, have my starting running back in the league. Uh, was hurt early in the game. Um, he will likely be out this game and for a few more in the future. Uh, Detroit just never got into a groove this game. Stafford was terrible against a bad Chicago defense. As you said, the Philadelphia defense is better. Um, Tate one, one of one uh, for one with one target and four yards. He was benched for for half of the game, even though Jim Caldwell says he wasn't benched. He was not on the field, so I, I don't know. Do the math. What do you call it? Um, I think that was sending a message to, to Golden Tate. I'm not starting him in this week, but I can't agree with you to uh, to drop him just yet. I give him one more week, see what he can do. And, I mean, is there, are there really that many better options in free agency to drop for Golden Tate at this point? I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. I get Well, I think the answer to that question is no. Um, I, th I do think Stafford will bounce back home with Riddick Jones. Bolden and Ebron Worth starts this game. Um, he, this team is too good not to produce consistently. I think you have a little bit more faith in the Lions than I do. For me, I, I do think that Stafford is still a low-end QB1 for the rest of the season, but I don't love him in this matchup. 
Uh, this is a Philadelphia defense that shut down the Steelers in week three, and they've had a whole bye week to prepare for this matchup. I would try to find better options than Stafford this week if you can. Um, and as you mentioned, Dwayne Washington suffering that foot ankle sprain didn't look good. He couldn't put any weights on it at all when he came off the field. And then the Lions just signed Mike James today. Certainly just a depth signing. He's not going to start, but it sounds like Washington's going to miss at least this week, if not more. Uh, so Theo Riddick here is a clear RB2 in PPR. I think he's going to get the vast majority of the snaps here. Um, and I think Detroit's going to trail in this game. Marvin Jones. Oh. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say Marvin Jones is still a, a must-start wide receiver, but but that's about it for me. I, I already dropped Golden Tate in a couple leagues, and I lost no sleep over that. I, I was just going to say that I hope Mike James catches on, does, does well, so they can have Mike James and Marvin Jones on the team together, and they can be Mike Jones. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, if you just want to uh, change your fantasy team name midseason, I guess you can pick up Mike James. But uh, Who? Uh, Mike James. Who? Mike James. Mm -hmm. That's what we do. We, we run terrible jokes into the ground here at the FSA podcast. Yet we still somehow have listeners. So, you know, I, believe it or not. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, last note here, Eric Ebron. He's a, he's a high end tight end too, with all the targets that he gets. Uh, as I said, I think Detroit's going to be trailing this game. Plenty of garbage time. Uh, I don't think it'll be as, as much of a blowout as you're thinking, but I'm still picking Philadelphia. Not necessarily a blowout, but I think uh, a high scoring game okay okay i hope so um yeah i'm taking philly as well yep um next game here uh chicago bears at the indianapolis colts bears got their first win yeah bears in the win column they get that unexpected win at home uh that's why i don't use divisional games in survivor pools yeah i think this was actually the bears first win against the lions since 2012 or something crazy stat it, it's been it's been some time yeah, um, and dare I say Brian Hoyer is a decent streaming option this week against the Colts? If you thought Jay Cutler was a streaming option, then you can't say Brian Hoyer isn't because Brian Hoyer is playing better than Jay Cutler this year. Yeah, it depends who you have at quarterback, but he's not a terrible option. And then Jordan Howard looked good against a bad Detroit run defense, but more importantly, he's playing pretty much every single snap. Uh, unless Kadeem Carey comes back, and even if he does, I don't think that he's going to see all that much work. Um, the Colts' run defense certainly doesn't scare anyone. Howard's a legit RB2 for now until Kerry and Langford return from injury. We'll see how the snaps shake out once that happens. And then Alshon Jeffrey just isn't getting the targets, but he's still a solid wide receiver too. Even with a few targets here and there, he's going to come up with those big gains. Well, he's going he's gonna to have to catch the football if, uh, if, if Kevin White misses any time. He had an MRI today. I did not see if that was followed up on and reported. No, John Fox isn't telling us anything until oh, Wednesday, right, yeah. and, and even that. then he's not going to tell us a whole much. Kevin White will probably be quote-unquote day-to-day. He's going to say Kevin White is a member of the Chicago football team. <laughs> yeah, he suffered an injury, and he's working through it. Yeah, thanks, John. Um, but supposedly uh, White has a high ankle sprain here, so we'll see if that's confirmed or not. Uh, it, it seems right now doubtful that he'll play in this game. Um, if he does miss time, Eddie Royal, a sneaky PPR option as Hoyer constantly looks to him and could have another nice day here against indianapolis absolutely an easy start decision versus indianapolis definite flex play um if Elf if Elshon has any soft tissue stuff going on that might even push royal into like low end wide receiver two consideration 
Yeah, and in that same vein, uh, Zach Miller, a uh, tight end too with upside, given all the checkdown targets he's been seeing from Brian Hoyer as well. Yep, a bit touchdown dependent, but you're absolutely right, especially if White's out. I mean, isn't every tight end outside of the top three or four? I thought that fewer of them would be this year. That's why I say it so much. I, I probably sound like a broken record, but I was really expecting more tight ends this year to get a bigger bulk of their offensive game. Yeah, and uh, speaking of tight ends who are not doing well, Dwayne Allen and uh, Jack Doyle, just tight end twos on the other side here. really depends on who gets a touchdown. Uh, I think, you know, we, we've seen some pretty disappointing games from Andrew Luck, but you're starting him against Chicago at home in Indy. Uh, same with Frank Gore and T.Y. Hilton, you're starting. And then Dorsett, he's a high upside flex here simply due to the matchup, but you just can't trust him yet given how few targets he's getting. He should have been so much better with Moncrief out. He was, I mean, he was, a, let's not forget, he was a first rounder two years ago. Now, of course, Darius Hayward Bay was a first rounder. Jamarcus Russell was, you know, there's plenty of first rounders that flame out, but, you know, he was drafted to be a big portion of this offense, and it really bothers me and worries me for his future that he, he hasn't really caught on. One catch in a, in a uh, game where he's, the, where he's far and away the number two option on the team, or should be at least, and, and that catch came in, what, the la- final three minutes of the game? And, and it was only a catch because he was like, he, the, the defender wasn't within 15 yards of him, I think, when he made it. Um, so Dorsett, uh, if he has two touchdowns this game, he's a definite sell high. Like, you, you've, you've got to just see what you can get for him at, at any point you can. Well, I think part of the problem is Dorsett's main uh, talent right now is being a deep threat. And while he's certainly working on the other aspects of his game, that. Andrew Luck just doesn't have time to look deep because that offensive line is just a mess. Yeah, definitely. And when you, you don't have time, if, when you don't have time, you can't throw it very far. You can throw it short, though. Uh, Josh Ferguson got very good usage in the past game here. Seven catches on nine uh, on nine targets for 33 yards. I think it's worth monitoring to see if this happens two weeks in a row. I wouldn't start him this week, but but I think he's he's worth a he's worth a possible own if you can get them for cheap um just see if this happens twice because they have to produce on offense yeah and with that defense uh the colts will certainly be trailing in plenty of games all the time um i I think this is a winnable game for chicago but i i kind of went back and forth on this i think i still got to go with indy here yeah, I, I take the home team, Indianapolis. It, it, you know, we're, we're riding high thinking Chicago can win games, but they're, they're not a good team. Don't let the, the Detroit win fool you. Yeah, and we almost gave up that win also. Uh, just oh, to... yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, enough about the Bears. Uh, next game here, Tennessee at Miami. What do you think? Another game, another game of, with, of Mariota making questionable decisions. Um, he loses a game that Osweiler allowed both teams to stay in. Uh, you, you really just can't trust any wide receivers on Tennessee at this point, um, except Delaney Walker, who's their tight end, of course. Um, I think DeMarco Murray has a good hold of this running game right now. 25 carries for 95 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, why not hang on to him as a workhouse for now? I, I think that's sort of what their plan is. Um, I do expect him to break down later in the season, but right now I just don't know if um, I don't know if uh, Derrick Henry is is worth starting at this point. No, definitely not. And uh, you can't trust Marcus Mariota. As you mentioned, the only pass catcher here really is Delaney Walker. Um, and DeMarco Murray, he's a legit RB1 right now, along with LaShawn McCoy. This is, they're both in like vintage 2014 form. Um, it's like we're in a time machine here. I will say that I'd look to acquire Derrick Henry if you do own DeMarco Murray, or maybe even if you don't. 
Um, as you said, I, I think that Henry would instantly become an RB2 with RB1 upside if DeMarco Murray were to miss any time. Absolutely. One, one of those high-value handcuffs in this team, which runs a ton. Yeah, and on the other side here, uh, Miami, I expect a bounce back for Tannehill at home against the pretty poor Tennessee secondary. Um, they certainly don't scare anyone, but I don't know that you can trust Ryan Tannehill either. Um, he's still just a QB2 with upside. Supposedly, uh, Adam Gase wants to cut down on the running back by committee as well, but um, even if uh, they do cut down on some snaps for Isaiah Pete and Damian Williams, I think Ajayi is still just a flex play. Tennessee's run defense is all right, and I just don't think that he's still going to get that much work, and you know we'll probably see Arian Foster back in another week or two. Yeah, I, I, I still can't touch this this running back situation until Foster's back. And even then, I expect Foster to get about 50% of the work with the rest of these running backs. Sort of like the uh, sort of like the um, the Raiders situation, what's going on there. Um, Landry, to me, is practically PPR matchup proof as their slot receiver. He's, he's really impressed me this year. Um, he gets the job done. He gets that underneath work, and, and Tannehill still gets the ball to him despite being awful. Um, Parker, I think, is even worth a flex this week uh, against Tennessee. Stills maybe in a deep league only if you're if you're desperate, but I'm really not expecting much this game. I think this game is going to be won by Miami um, on a few like broken plays where Kenny Stills like gets open deep or Landry breaks one from underneath and then runs away from everybody for a touchdown, something like that. Yeah, uh, I don't I don't doubt that. These are both pretty bad teams, uh, and in that case, I'll take the home team here, Miami. Yep, give me Miami here. All right, next matchup we're going to talk about is going to be Washington at Baltimore. Uh, both teams had some pretty close games this past week, and yeah, your boy Kirk Cousins looking good. Captain Kirk was looking like the answer again against against Cleveland, of course, but you know, hey, you, you got to start somewhere. Um, I think I would start him here again with, against Baltimore with relative confidence. Maybe he can get on a roll against the AFC North. Uh, he hooked up with Reed big time here, and this could happen any given week. Nine catches, 73 yards, two touchdowns, of course. Uh, Matt Jones looked really nice as well. 22 carries for 117 yards on the ground, plus a touchdown um, with another 20 yards through the air. Um, Reed dominated here. There was not much left for the other wide receivers. Uh, the, the top receiving line was Pierre Garçon, four catches for 39 yards. Not a great day for Jackson. Not a great day for Crowder, of course. Um, I, I think this is going to be another good week for Reed uh, with Jones as an RB2 and, and uh, not expecting a ton from the other wide receivers against Baltimore. Yeah, you know, I, I like Jordan Reed in this matchup. I think he's obviously still a top five tight end, but Baltimore does d defend against the tight end relatively well. I, I think we may see more Jamison Crowder this week if Reed is covered better. Um, again, Deshaun Jackson, he's going to be that boomer bust guy, and you just never know which week it's going to be. Uh, I, I would start him here against Baltimore. We saw Michael Crabtree get a few big gains, and I think Deshaun Jackson could certainly do the same, but um, certainly not uh, the most reliable of wide receivers to start. No, if you need if you need to start one of them, I would start Crowder if you're if you've got a PPR league in Jackson if it's a standard. Yeah, and on the other side here, uh, Joe Flacco looking a little better. They do get their left tackle back uh, this week as well as um, Dixon. I just uh, here's what I want to say about this run game. Everybody seems to be on Dixon, but what about Terrence West? I, I think that, you know, he and Buck Allen split the snaps this week. West looked good. And Washington isn't very good at stopping the run, as we saw with Isaiah Crowell. Um, West is a back-end RB2 for me, but 
he gets downgraded to a flex if Dixon is active. Um, and speaking of Dixon, while I do agree with a lot of people out there that he's worth a preemptive pickup if he's a free agent, I, I wouldn't go overboard. I think that it's still going to be a split here in Baltimore. I don't know why everyone thinks that Dixon's just going to take over this backfield. Yeah, I, I, they, they just showed that they're willing to go crazy with the backfield. And Terrence West just, just earned himself a, a role going forward, definitely. Um, Dixon, I, everybody, of course, if he does play, they're going to lean on him a lot. But I, I do expect uh, Allen to get work in the pass game and uh, West to get plenty of carries as well. But, you know, everybody ex gets excited about the shiny new bobble, the new young toy in uh, in Baltimore, the new running back. So, I, I mean, who knows? He could break out and become this year's David Johnson. I'm not expecting it, of course, but who knows? No, I, I would definitely not bet on that happening. And if anything, I, I think it's not the shiny new toy, but the refurbished old toy that we should be excited about. Steve Smith looking oh, amazing. Gosh. He looks like he's like 25 again. I think I think that's said every single year about Steve Smith, though. He's so good. I mean, he, he stiff-armed that one uh, Oakland defender into the ground, just into oblivion <laughs> on his way yeah. to the end zone, just embarrassingly so. Um, I, I think he's a legit wide receiver three, as is Mike Wallace. They'll both have their games. Um, and I think Smith should be owned. He should be fine in this game. I don't expect Josh Norman to shadow anyone, as Baltimore doesn't really have a true number one receiver excuse me, receiver that the offense runs through. Um, and I think Dennis Pitta, he's a high-end tight end two, low-end tight end one. He's going to continue to get targets even though he had a down week this past week. See, I was actually thinking Norman might actually set Smith just because he has looked so good. I mean, he's much better than Mike Wallace, and he really doesn't play inside of the slot that much. I don't know, but can you, I don't know that Smith is that much of a bigger threat than Mike Wallace because Wallace could go off for a 60 yard touchdown either, you know, any given snap either. I mean, you know, I don't think Mike Wallace is very good, so I'm probably biased here. <laughs> I suppose. Um, give me the home team, Baltimore here. Uh, give me Washington. Captain Kirk's going to keep it going. Ooh, I don't know. We'll see. I, I think that Baltimore is going to respond here, uh, but I, I do think it'll be a good game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way. They'll respond. It'll be a delayed response, though. <laughs> All right. Uh, next game here, Houston at Minnesota. Um, Lamar Miller still has yet to find the end zone, but you're starting him simply because of the workload. Oh, I don't care. It's it's something's got to give. He might find it. Well, he won't find it this game against Minnesota. You know what? He probably will find it this game against Minnesota because that's exactly how the NFL works, isn't it? I don't know. I would bet against that. I think this Minnesota defense is legit, and we've seen Houston do all right against some pretty bad teams, but this is not a good matchup for them. Lamar Miller, he's a high RB2, low RB1, just due to volume, but I just don't expect that much from him in this game. And same, you know, similarly with DeAndre Hopkins, he's downgraded to a high end wide receiver three. He's already losing a ton of targets to Will Fuller. Um, I expect Minnesota to not allow either of these guys to have any big days. Um, and then same, you know, Will Fuller in terms of uh, boom or bust receivers. I think this game is going to be more bust than boom. Do you think the Texans are missing Brian Hoyer yet? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, Brock Osweiler threw the ball at, 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 uh, at Hopkins six times last game. Could only connect once for four yards. I mean, Osweiler, they, they're going to live and die with Osweiler every week and I think this is this is going to be another week where they die with him. <laughs> yeah, well said. 
Um, and actually, our, our super producer, Dan, has a has a nifty stat for us. Lamar Miller actually has the NFL record of the most carries to start a season with no touchdowns. Congratulations, Lamar Miller. Keep it going, man. Yeah, um, all those people who wanted him out of Miami, they got their wish. He's getting all the carries, just not as many touchdowns just yet. But uh, that, that said, the time will certainly come. Uh, I'm not too worried about Lamar Miller. He's so good. Yeah, the other, uh, the one sneaky play here is Ryan Griffin. Um, I expect a lot of short checkdowns with constant pressure from this Minnesota D-line, and I think that Osweiler is going to be throwing a lot to his tight ends here. We saw Bill O'Brien after taking over the play calling. Um, he's been targeting the tight ends a ton. The two, uh, Ryan Griffin and CJ Fedorowicz, combined for 10 targets against Tennessee, and now Fedorowicz is likely out with an MCL sprain. I, I think that Griffin could be a decent play in uh, DFS. He's going to have to throw it somewhere, and the, and the wide receivers are going to be locked down. Yeah, I don't think, uh, I don't think it's going to be anything fancy, but I think we could see maybe, you know, seven, eight catches for like 60 yards. Not, not too bad for his cheap price. No, definitely worth it. All right, and on the Minnesota side here, uh, man, Houston's defense without J.J. Watt is not even close to what it is with him on the field. Um, I, I think I like Jarek McKinnon this game as an RB2, and Matt Azietta is a high upside flex who could get, you know, three carries and two touchdowns. Yeah, well, when he scores touchdowns, he always scores in threes, so it's it's even better. Oh, I'm sorry. So like a John Kuhn type day, like four touches John, for three you touchdowns. Know, John, John Kuhn actually had a vintage Matt Azietta type day, believe it or not. Yeah, that's very true. But and yet somehow I, I think that Matt Asiata is entertaining and I hate John Coon. Okay, well, there we are. <laughs> uh, Matt Asiata, of course, already had a touchdown on one carry for one yard and a touchdown against the uh, New York Giants, the only score on the board thus far in this game. So I, I to your point, I think you're correct. Well, thus far until Matt Asiata gets two more touchdowns. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, on the uh, in terms of the receivers here, Stefan Diggs, solid wide receiver too. Houston's secondary is is good, but I expect that Diggs will get at least a few deep shots here. And then Kyle Rudolph, low end tight end one. He's getting a huge target share from Sam Bradford. I like Rudolph in this game. Bradford should have should have enough time to throw with Watt off the field. Give me Minnesota. Minnesota. All right, next game up, uh, two teams whose arrows are pointing in different directions right now. New York Jets at Pittsburgh Steelers. Wow. Another awful, awful game for uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. At least he's, uh, well, he scored in the single digits, but I think last week he did score uh, negative points, correct? He had two, six picks. Yeah, um, certainly can't trust Fitzpatrick here. uh, But, you know, the important thing is he can still get the ball to his receivers and. You know, that's going to keep Brandon Marshall's uh, stats inflated because, you know, he doesn't get negative points for any interceptions that Ryan Fitzpatrick throws. If he has one thing going for him, he threw six interceptions two weeks ago. He threw three interceptions this last week. So it just continue. I mean, I was a math student at one point. He'll probably throw zero versus Pittsburgh to keep that linear. I'll take the over on that. <laughs> <laughs> can, uh, you t- can I take the under? Oh, I don't know. What, what does that mean even? How would you have I, an I, under? I, I just don't know. I guess that means he'll have to throw a touchdown. Yeah, I, I think that he'll be fine. And certainly I think that the Jets will be catching up in this game. Um, Brand Marshall, he's he's a pretty solid wide receiver start. And then we'll see about Eric Decker. So supposedly the shoulder injury could be season ending, depending on how he feels in the next week or two. 
Um, Quincy Inunwa is a must-add for me if he's not already owned in your league. He's an instant low-end wide receiver two or high-end wide receiver three as long as Eric Decker is out. Yeah, I think he's a very strong flex play, even if Decker does play personally. Yeah, and uh, the other thing here is uh, monitor Matt Forte because he was carted off the field to take x-rays here in this game. Not sure what exactly the issue was, but uh, we'll we'll have to see this week. And Bilal Powell was already uh, you know, taking some snaps away from Matt Forte. And if Forte's injury is anything serious, then Powell's an instant RB2. Absolutely. It's truly been uh, amazing to me at this point how much work they're still giving him with Forte healthy because it seems like he fumbles the ball every fifth time he touches it this season. Yeah, but uh, that said, uh, who else do they have? <laughs> no, what, what are you going to do exactly? Yeah. Um, on the Pittsburgh side here, uh, what is there to say even? That that was a shellacking that they, <laughs> oh, that that they put amazing. on, uh, what a, on what Kansas City. What a great City. Monday night football game. Exciting, entertaining. Le'Veon Bell has, has his homecoming returns, the triumphant return. It was awesome. Yeah, this is one of the best offenses in the league, if not the best. Uh, ben with Le'Veon Bell back is a solid QB1. Uh, you're starting Le'Veon Bell, and Antonio Brown is a top three wide receiver, along with Julio and A.J. Green. Um, D'Angelo Williams, we mentioned last week, must hold as, a, as one of the most important running back handcuffs. And then we, we see in this game, Jesse James is a tight end, too, with weekly touchdown upside as defenses are going to sell out to stop Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown in the red zone, and they're going to leave Jesse James wide open. The killer bees are studs. Start your studs. Start Degeneration X. Chris Collinsworth was really talking up uh, Xavier Grimble. I don't, I don't really know why. He's still the third tight end at that team, but that's okay. And yes, his name is Xavier. I don't care what you say. <laughs> Well, they, they, did, they did a lot of like short bio pieces on uh, Villanueva, Crimble, uh, and, and a bunch of guys. I think that this game was just such a blowout that they had nothing else to really talk about. So why Producer not? Producer was like, fill airtime. Yeah, seriously. I mean, it gets boring just to be like, oh, Ben, there's another touchdown for uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, I thought it was pretty exciting. I don't know. Um, another uh, another exciting or interesting, maybe not exciting, interesting wrinkle in that game is that uh, Le'Veon Bell started the game and lined up a few more times at wide receiver and D'Angelo Williams was in the backfield. Now, granted, he, he only got four carries in the game and he vultured a touchdown from uh, from Le'Veon Bell. And I don't think he's worth a start at this point, but I think it'd be really cool. And I think it'd be really good for Pittsburgh, actually, if they could figure out a way to work D'Angelo Williams into the running game while keeping Le'Veon Bell in, on the field. I mean, that that's a dis- I mean, those are both built-in distractions for the defense. It's it's amazing. Yeah, the thing is, uh, I mean, I, I hate Ben and Antonio a little bit because I had to go up against that stack in one of my leagues this week. That was not Ouch. fun. Um, but in general, I, I really like what Todd Haley and uh, Mike Tomlin do here in terms of the play calling. They're just aggressive, and and why not? You know, put <laughs> why not keep the pressure on opposing defenses? You know, don't just try to run out the clock. I, I love their aggressive play calling, whether it's going for a deep bomb on fourth and one, or you know, going for the two point conversions early on in games. I, I think that that's exactly what NFL offenses should be doing if they're good. Play to win the game. Yeah, and uh, the one last note here is uh, Sammy Coates in deeper leagues, I think, uh, keep an eye on him because now that Le'Veon Bell is back and Antonio Brown is such a good deep threat on his own, opposing defenses can't really afford to, you know, cover Coates that well, and he's a boom-bust guy. He could go for a 50-yard touchdown on any given play. I mean, if you double cover Le'Veon Bell and you double cover Antonio Brown, I think that only leaves, like, 
seven other defenders, right? <laughs> Something like that. Uh, I would stick to uh, not math as your strong suit. I think that's right. Four plus seven is 11. <laughs> Very good. Um, all right. Give oh. me Pittsburgh. Yeah, give me Pittsburgh here. Um, home, home team wins. Uh, well, not because of that in this case, but just because <laughs> it's Pittsburgh. It's part of it. Um, okay, Atlanta at Denver. Wow. Um, just wow. Do you have any questions left about Hooley's ankle? Any? I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, how much is it insured for? <laughs> it better be a lot. Yeah. Um, Lloyds of London, without question. Yeah, 12 catches, 300 yards, and a touchdown. Could have been even more as some of those throws by Matt Ryan were underthrown, and Julio should have just been gone for like two more long touchdowns. But you're you're not complaining as a Julio owner, certainly. Um, but the other thing is I, I do like Matt Ryan for the rest of the season. I think that this offense actually opens up quite a bit now that they're not just constantly throwing to Julio. Uh, but at the same time, pump the brakes uh, at Denver and then at Seattle the next two weeks here. I would I would still consider a streaming quarterback depending on who your options are. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I well, going forward, I don't know. I, I really can't buy in on him against Denver. He's, he's this is what he's, he's this is what he's been capable of his whole career. I think two years ago he opened the season. He was like the best quarterback by a lo- by a mile, and then he like receded back to like quarterback eight by the time the season was over. So he has these bursts, but but and they come in like spots where you wouldn't necessarily expect it, like against Carolina. Um, but I I don't know I don't know about weekend. Yeah, I mean the Carolina secondary is struggling right now, though. But that's a Denver, you know, at Denver is a whole different story. So at home versus Carolina and at Denver are two Denver completely much better than. Oh, for Hello? sure. Yeah. You still there? Are you? Yeah. Yeah, I hear you now. Okay. Just uh, some connection issues. Sorry about that, but we're back. Um, Sorry, folks. No, it's all good. Um, and then Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman here still splitting snaps almost evenly, and both are just low-end RB2 or flex plays against two very good defenses coming up. Yeah, do you want the interesting medical wrinkle on this game, though? Yeah, go for it. Kevin Coleman is a carrier of sickle cell trade, and he has never been in Denver or anywhere of altitude of that height. Now, for anybody who doesn't know, which I assume you don't know much about this, if you put extra strain on your hemo- on your blood cells in, in areas like this, um, they can start to sickle and clog your veins and give you, you know, problems sim- similar to what like Chris Bosh is experiencing right now. And that would be exceptionally bad. Um, of note, Ryan Clark of the Steelers once played in uh, Seattle, and he also had sickle cell trait. He ended up missing weeks because he needed both his spleen taken out and his gallbladder taken out. Um I'm not expecting Atlanta to, to win this game. I'm not. And I think if I was a coach, I think the top priority would be preserving the unknown of my amazing young running back, Tevin Coleman. So I, I expect him to play this game, but I don't necessarily expect him to get, you know, a bulk of the carries or even half the carries in this game. Yeah, I'm going to, uh, I really don't know a whole much about that. So I'm going to defer to you on this one. Certainly uh, something to monitor. Keep your eyes open for anything that Shefty or any of the uh, Atlanta beat writers might have uh, in terms of info nuggets on this uh, as we go into the week here. Yeah, that, that said, I mean, he's he's just never been in this altitude. We don't know how it's going to go. There's plenty of players that have the exact same gene and they're completely unaffected. 
Yeah, and on the flip side here, uh, players who are going to play, uh, one Julio Jones. <laughs> I don't expect another 300-yard game against Denver here, but uh, you're, you're starting him. Absolutely. Uh, he's really the only person that I can vouch for otherwise. Um, I don't think Tammy has a nice game here. Yeah, he's just a volume dependent. Maybe he gets a bunch of checkdowns, uh, maybe a tight end two in PPR, uh, just because he'll get like a ton of targets because everybody else is covered. Yep. All right, on the Denver side here, uh, it sounds like Trevor Simeon's going to be day-to-day and should play as the shoulder sprain was minor and to his non-throwing shoulder. Something to keep an eye on, though. And then if he does play, I think Simeon's an interesting QB streamer against the not-very-good Atlanta secondary. Um, and then you're starting everybody else, C.J. Anderson, Demarius, Sanders, and, of course, the Denver defense. Yeah, Paxton Lynch filled in about well as could be expected for him. Um, I really don't think it changed the team's value if he plays versus Simeon. Um, I think uh, Julio, or I'm sorry, uh, Demarius and uh, Sanders both maintain their value. Yeah, I, I think that's true, um, and, and I think they're comparable right now. I do think that Simeon will keep the starting job, assuming he's healthy. Um, and then one other note, you know, my super sleeper from the early preseason, Virgil Green, still out with this calf injury. He can be dropped if you didn't already, but still worth, uh, you know, keeping on your watch list to me. He looked good prior to the injury. Give me the Broncos. Yeah, give me the Broncos. Um, Cincinnati at Dallas is the next matchup here. Uh, they put together a good win Thursday night against Miami. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's what that's what we were finally looking for uh, Andy Dalton to do. Um, he was looking pretty mediocre, and then he finally, you know, he he did what he's supposed to do. Uh, green, you know, green lit things up. He's going to light up Dallas's bad secondary as well. Um, this is going to be a Giovanni Bernard week for me. Um, Jeremy Hill against a decent Dallas offense who should be able to put up some points against Cincinnati as well. Yeah, I don't know. I, I disagree on the running backs. I think that Cincinnati actually controls this game relatively well. And I think that, you know, both Zeke and Hill are going to get a lot of, uh, you know, carries in this game because I, I think that Dak Prescott is going to struggle a little bit against the Cincinnati uh, defense here. And then again, with Eifert back, uh, likely back, I should say, in week five, I, I think that the Cincinnati offense is going to jump out to a lead. Okay, uh, Eifert may be back as well, so so that's that's another situation to monitor. Yeah, and then Des Bryant on the other side here, uh, supposedly, uh, I don't know, there's so many conflicting reports about his knee injury, but supposedly it's just a bone bruise and he should be good in another week or two. Is that what you're hearing? I Yeah, I don't really know what to believe out of Dallas at this point, uh, despite being here. I mean, the, the, the news radio here, of course, um, has has a positive Jerry Jones spin on everything, so I, I you never know really what what the case is. Uh, I did hear today on Twitter that uh, when asked uh, when Jerry Jones was asked if Des Bryant did meet uh, excuse me miss some meetings uh, earlier this week to skip out on the MRI, he said only God knows. So um, oh, Jerry gosh. Jones, y'all. Uh, all right. Um, in terms of the offense, Dak Prescott, he'll be fine. I think he'll move the uh, move the ball down the field fine, but certainly nothing more than a QB two for fantasy purposes. Uh, you're starting Ezekiel Elliott. Um, you know he got he looked good in this game, and he, his rushing has been going up every week. Um, and then does Brian, if he plays, should be fine against Cincinnati. And then Cole Beasley, I think that he's still going to get a ton of ton of looks from Prescott. Yeah, Beasley only with three catches for 60 yards here. Uh, Witten sort of stepped back in, had seven catches, but uh, I do expect 
expect them get, they're going to have to press a bit this game against Cincinnati. Uh, and, and I expect Beasley to be not that he's necessarily a deep threat, but you know, he, he gets it, he gets the ball down the field further than Jason Witten does. Yeah. And, uh, is that Kyle Rudolph with the touchdown here? I think it is. There he is. Hang yeah. on to the ball. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know about you. I'm, I'm increasingly impressed by Prescott's uh, progression every single week. Um, I'm buying the hype. He's looking really good. I think, uh, depending on the matchup by the end of the season, he might press quarterback one territory for me. Um, I don't know about that just because I, I think that they still want Tony Romo back after the bye. Um, I, I don't think that Prescott's going to get a shot until next year at the yeah. earliest. Uh, of course, assuming that Tony Romo doesn't re-injure himself later this season, which very well could happen. Um, but I think the best thing that Dallas can do is start to move on from Des Bryant and Tony Romo. I really think it is. I think they struck gold with this quarterback and this running back. I mean, I, you, you know, I wasn't a huge uh, Elliott believer. He's he's got me like there. This could be this has the makings of a really good offense for the next 10 years. And they really haven't even uh, run that much read option with uh, Elliott and Prescott. And that could be another uh, different aspect to this offense that could really light it up. Prescott hasn't run. They they're developing him as a as a as a really good quarterback, and he's going to add that wrinkle, and he'll probably be you know a Russell Wilson type quarterback, possibly better with better weapons around him. Mm, well, we'll see on that, but I do agree that I think Dallas is starting to move on from Tony Roma, whether it's in the next year or two. I'm not so sure about Des Bryant. I think that he's still a big part of the offense. Um, but if if that I know, does I just happen, think they should I just think they should move on from him. But you know that's that's a whole other thing. Okay. Well, the other thing I was going to say is uh, in in deep leagues only, or maybe in dynasty, Bryce Butler. He's been you know he's a phenomenal measurables guy, and then you know got the touchdown in this game, and Prescott has shown chemistry with him, and he's that big Des Bryant, big body type receiver. I think they just have to find somebody not named Terrence Williams for them to get mad at every game. Yeah, Terrence Williams is is like the Rubel, Ruben Randall clone in uh, on the Cowboys. Uh, it seems like the NFC East teams seem to find these guys somehow. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, give me Cincinnati with uh, Tyler Eifert likely back. You know, I'm actually going to take the home team. I, I just talked myself back into Dallas this game. Hmm. Okay, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that's impossible by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, G- Geno Atkins is going to clog this this hole for, for Ezekiel Elliott a little more than uh, the past two teams have. I mean, definitely more than Chicago, but I, I don't know. They're hot right now. Hmm. Um, no, give me the red rifle still. I, I think Cincinnati will take this just because Prescott is still an experience. And you know what? I, I, I say he throws his first interception in this game he, he's bound to have a rookie recession game right and this and this is probably gonna be it um but i'll stick with dallas all right next game um all right next game very unexciting buffalo bills at la rams blah oh i don't even know what to think here i mean the most exciting thing about this game is going to be the ryan brothers and what what they're going to be doing on the sidelines really actually that's not true that's that's really not fair to Lashawn mccoy mccoy has looked really well um, it is sort of exciting to see Tyrod Taylor just huck the ball as far as he can to whoever might be down the field. So maybe it won't be that bad. Yeah. Did you see, um, just real quick, uh, I don't want to linger too much, but did you see the incidents between the Bills and the Patriots pregame? No, what happened? Um, so one of the Bills players shoved Jacoby Brissett uh, while they were running from sideline to sideline for being quote unquote on their side of the field. And, oh. um, 
there was speculation that, I mean, this is, I highly doubt this is true, but there was a joke on Twitter that uh, maybe the Patriots threw this game just so Rex Ryan could keep his job so they could f- keep facing him. Um, <laughs> I, I really hope that's the case. <laughs> that would be hilarious. But I think um, uh, well, one thing that I, I wanted to bring up while we were on the Patriots before that I just totally forgot about, um, I can't wait till they face the Bills again in week eight. Um I think oh, that, it's going to be a massacre. I think that revenge game is going to be even worse than what they're about to put up on on the Browns this week. Oh, without question. Um, yeah. Uh, that said, uh, back to the Bills. Uh, Lashawn McCoy, RB one here, even in a not great matchup, simply due to volume, he's just getting all the touches in this backfield. Um, I'm not trusting Tyrod Taylor just yet, especially against LA at LA, but. You're basically hoping for a long touchdown or, or a big run to pad Taylor's numbers. Exactly. That's how they score points is with these long bombs, but uh, the, the LA defense should keep them in check. Um, maybe a little more rushing yards from Tyrod Taylor as they get good pressure on him and he'll have to you know run versus just take sacks, um, which does not bode well for the deep threat receivers. Uh, Woods was looking like the top wide receiver the past two weeks, but it really changes so quickly between Goodwin and if Watkins will be back. So I, I, I really can't vouch for starting any wide receiver option in any sort of league. Yeah. Um, the, the only thing to note here, Charles Clay worth monitoring. There are reports that they wanted him more involved in the passing game, and he got seven targets this past week. We'll see if that continues now that Sammy Watkins is on IR and they need more help uh, in terms of receiving options. See what happens. All right, um, Rams. You're starting Todd Gurley and no one else. I don't. I don't really care about Brian Quick. I'm not adding him except in 14, 16 team leagues. Very deep, deep league add. Um, Tavon Austin. He's he's droppable for me. He was never on my draft radar to begin with. This is a bad offense. Yeah, I, I don't like any of these receivers. Britt uh, was has the most catches four catches for 80 yards quick with the two touchdowns but of course none of them are reliable um even Gurley was stifled by arizona uh palmer and palmer and the gang really did a lot of work on themselves to lose that game uh they held Gurley to 30 yards on the ground um you know what 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 more can you really say buffalo i think is gonna hit him again hard uh i'm not confident about this game but i'll take la in in a matchup of two bad teams Give me Buffalo, where I think Rex Ryan um, just pounds on Case Keenum. Yeah, I mean, you could say the same on the other side, though. I think that the Buffalo line, or excuse me, the Rams' D line is really good, one of the best in the league. And I think as long as they can contain Tyrod Taylor, he's going to be on his back for a lot of this game. But one of them's mobile, the other's Case Keenum. <laughs> uh, you're not wrong there. Fair enough. Uh, I'll, I'll still take <laughs> LA, though. I'll, I'll stand by my pick here. Um, next, all right afc west yeah next game here uh, more exciting than the matchup we just discussed san diego at oakland a lot of points expecting in this game but you know could be wrong this could be one of those 10 to 3 games yeah uh I, no i think it'll be high scoring uh philip rivers should have another nice day here ashen melvin gordon uh he hasn't been super efficient with his carries but he is getting all the goal line work and he's converting these short touchdowns he's he's a low on rb1 right now this game, I think he's a he's a mid to high and RB one against this Oakland defense. This is going to be. I mean, they, all jokes aside, they're. I think they may combine for seventy points in this game. Yeah, I certainly could see that. I think uh, you know, in terms of the, the only problem with San Diego is with the wide receivers. It's a good matchup for all of them, 
the problem is going to be picking which one is going to have the nice game week to week. I mean, Dontrell Emmon, Tyrell Williams, and Travis Benjamin are all wide receiver threes to me. Uh, but due to the inconsistency of who's going to get more targets, you know, game to game, it it's hard to start them with confidence. Yeah, it's the exact same situation this week as we have in uh, Arizona. Just I think each of these guys might outscore the Arizona receivers this week. Yeah, and then uh, in that same vein, Hunter Henry is a tight end one until we see Antonio Gates come back. But And then even then, I think that both are tight end twos because I think that Antonio Gates is no longer going to be in on every snap like he was before. He was looking slow even before his injury. It's so rare to see a, an actual rookie tight end come in and, and do this well, do as well as Hunter Henry's done um, for this team. I mean, you, you know, of course he has, he has these rough breaks where he, uh, you know, where he fumbles and whatnot, but he had an early touchdown this game. Um, even Rob Gronkowski really wasn't all, he wasn't amazing. His rookie season, um, Hunter Henry could, I, I think he really could be something special. Yeah. I, I think, you know, uh, I think Antonio Gates, uh, Jason Witten and father time had a triple threat rock, paper, scissors match and Antonio Gates lost. So Jason Witten gets one more year while Gates is, uh, slowing down quick here. Yes, sir. All right. On the Oakland side here, uh, Michael Crabtree, wow. Just wow. Yeah. What a nice day for David Carr, Michael Crabtree. Four touchdowns for Carr, three touchdowns for Crabtree. It's as if they weren't even covering him. And San Diego will be covering him because they can't. Yeah, um, San Diego's defense certainly not great either. We saw, you know, I mean, they should have won that game. That wasn't on the defense per se, but... um, Regardless, Derek Carr is going to be a QB1. Crabtree's a solid wide receiver too. And then... Cooper's just not getting the red zone looks. I, I think he's a wide receiver three right now. Uh, didn't you just say he was a wide receiver one? I'm sorry, say that one more time. Didn't you just say? Did you just say Cooper's a wide receiver one? Crabtree. No, I, I think I think two and Cooper's think, a wide receiver three. I think Cooper's a wide receiver three. I said Carr's going to be a QB one. Oh, Carr's a QB one. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I really think Crabtree and Cooper are both low end wide receiver twos. Um, it's, it's just a week to a week sort of thing. Who's really going to get the work. There's nobody on San Diego. That's going to be able to match up with, with Cooper. Um, not that there was necessarily anybody in Baltimore, but you know, that, that it happens. Sometimes those days just happen. That's the NFL. But the problem is we we've seen consistently throughout last season and now the start of this season that Cooper just doesn't get red zone targets. We we see Crabtree get most of them. We see Seth Roberts consistently getting them, and then we see the tight end get some. This is the problem, yeah. Yeah, and I I just think that until we see Cooper actively involved in the red zone offense, that you know those those scoring opportunities are the high leverage plays that we're looking for, and they're just not there. Yeah, and you might be right. Nine point day, ten point day. I mean, compared to three touchdowns and eighty eight yards. You know, I'm saying you've, if you've, you've can, got a, you've got a decent point. I'm saying if you can, if somebody still loves Amari Cooper on name value and wants to buy low on him, if you could flip like him and Jeremy Hill for Marvin Jones after a not great week for Jones, I would do that in a heartbeat. That's probably not a bad. That's probably not a bad go. Um, how about selling high on Latavius Murray? Can't, uh, I think I think uh, it's it's all but going to be you know that chance is going to be all but gone after this week. Um, Latavius Murray got eight of the eight of the uh, eight of the carries, and the rest of the backfield got eight of the carries. He only had 19 yards. A really unimpressive day. Um, he's continuing to lose work. He'll have a nice matchup against San Diego, but but they they need to get the ball in his hands if they really want him to do well. And I, I don't necessarily think they do. 
Yeah, I think the sell-high window, that ship has sailed on Latavius Murray. Um, he's just a flex play right now because you're hoping for a touchdown. And as you said, the touches have consistently gone down week to week. Um, that's certainly an issue. And yeah, it's a running back by committee here. I don't really want any of them. Kind of like uh, with Baltimore, uh, just who knows week to week, you know? You just cross your fingers, hope, hope somebody's been sleeping that you can trade Latavius to. Yeah, um, <laughs> I will. I'll take Oakland here. I think that San Diego is going to have the lead and they're just going to collapse again. I will also take the home team here, Oakland. All right, next game here, Sunday night football, New York Giants at the Green Bay Packers. Uh, This should be an interesting game. Yeah, Packers had a a week of rest. Um, We're, of course, watching uh, the Giants uh, down down against uh, Minnesota 14-0 right now. Um, The NFC North might just have the Giants number this year. Yeah, and ooh, Jarek McKinnon with some nice cuts there. Um, yeah, that said, uh, Green Bay's secondary, uh, they, they have plenty of issues. Even even with Sam Shields uh, supposedly healthy and back for this matchup, I think Eli is a back-end QB1 here. Um, and then the running back by committee, uh, we saw that Rashad Jennings is inactive tonight. Uh, I don't know what exactly the committee is going to look like here, but another situation where I'm really avoiding all these guys if i had to pick one it'd probably be bobby rainey um in ppr he's probably the best bet simply because green bay does have a better run defense than pass defense and then you're starting odell beckham and sterling shepherd's a wide receiver too against a struggling secondary yeah jennings and darkwa really have the same job where uh rainey fills in the job that shane vereen had yeah though well said um, and then tight ends, it's a committee between Donnell and Will Ty. Until we see someone emerge, you're not starting either of these guys. No, sir. Uh, now now to the other side where you're starting a lot of people, right? Are you, though? Uh, I mean, you're starting Aaron Rodgers, and, and you're starting Jordy Nelson. You're starting Andy Lacey, but can you really trust Randall Cobb just yet? No, I actually was thinking, well, I, I think he's a flex play. I think if you own him, you can't. I, I, I wouldn't bench him for this game, especially against the Giants. Uh, because um, they're going to try and lock down on, not that they're going to lock him down, but they're going to try and focus on Jordy Nelson. And that will leave opportunities both for Adams and Cobb. But I think they're similarly leveled flex plays this week. <laughs> I think you need to get off of this uh, Devontae Adams pipe dream that you've got here. I don't think, stop trying to make Devontae Adams a thing, all right? It's not going to happen. Ha- Adams has outscored Cobb each of the past three weeks. Yeah, but does that mean you're going to start Devontae Adams? It absolutely does. In a Green Bay offense, yes, sir. No. Um, if anything, I think that the sneaky start here is going to be Richard Rodgers. Jared Cook already ruled out for week five with that ankle injury. He was on crutches and a walking boot last time we saw him before the bye. And, you know, Cook has had trouble staying healthy throughout his career, and we saw that Aaron Rodgers has chemistry with Richard Rodgers. Yeah, I, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll find out. Honestly, to me, I think that Richard Rodgers is someone that I would look into adding if you need help at tight end. If guys like you know Pitta and Rudolph have already been scooped up off the waiver wire, I think we could see Richard Rodgers potentially emerge as the number two option here in this passing attack if Cobb doesn't well, improve. Well, I think Devontae Adams is going to outscore Richard Rodgers. In, in this game? Absolutely. No, I, I'll make that bet in PPR. Oh. All right, let's have it. G- give me Richard Rodgers. PPR, PPR, standard, daily, whatever you want, homeboy. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll take Richard Rodgers here for sure. All right. All right we'll see you in a week. Um, okay, I'll take I'll take the Giants here. Give me the Giants. They're they're going to try and come out guns a-blazing after Minnesota finishes uh, stopping them in their tracks tonight. Why are, you, why are you not arguing with me on my hot takes? 
I hate Green Bay. All right, fair enough. I, I, I yeah, I'll take the Giants. Is that a hot take? Is Green Bay losing a hot take there? I, Green yeah, Bay I think hasn't looked great. But I think Green Bay at home after a dominant just, win against Green Bay Detroit just got finished losing to Detroit, who lost to the Bears. Green Green Bay beat Detroit. You you do realize that, right? <laughs> they put up like thirty points in the first half against them. Really? Yes. Did I misremember that? Yes, I, I think you're living in your fantasy world where Green Bay lost. <laughs> Hey, it's a fantasy world, and we're all just addicts in it. You're not wrong. All right. Well, we're both taking the Giants here in an upset, apparently. Um, so let's move Is on. That, I didn't even know that was an upset. I, yeah, definitely. I, I think the favorites are definitely Green Bay at home. All right. Monday Night Football. Hey, it happened in the playoffs a few years back, and it could happen again. All right. Monday Night Football, Tampa Bay at Carolina. Man, playoffs. Jameis Winston. We warned you. Uh, we we warned you about this stretch for Winston. Uh, it looks like trouble. Um, I'm expecting a lot of owners to drop him if he repeats this sort of showing. Uh, and then you know you of course need to scoop him up because you know bad times always pass. You know, uh, Sims is still dominating the running back touches. He should continue to do so. Uh, coaching already said that they were not expecting Doug Martin to play this week, and it's already it's only Monday. So I, I think if they already know now, that's that's a pretty set thing, um, despite it being seven days from now. Uh, I can only recommend Evans versus Carolina, especially if uh, the same guy who covers uh, who covered Julio covers him. Yeah, I don't know. I think that Jameis Winston is actually kind of a sneaky start here. I think that Carolina is going to jump out to an early lead against the bad Tampa Bay secondary, but I think that there's damage to be done against Carolina, even though Atlanta's offense is better. Um, I think Tampa Bay has enough weapons where Carolina is going to struggle to stop them from scoring. I think this is going to be a higher scoring game than a lot of people think. Um, Winston's certainly going to struggle against the pass rush, and I think that's going to lead to at least a pick or two, but at the same time, I think there's going to be plenty of garbage time, and Winston's actually a high QB2 for me due to some projected garbage time stats. Oh, wow. For me, I think this is the perfect storm for a one-touchdown, five-interception game. No, I think I think it's going to be a much closer game than people think. Hmm. Well, I'm, I'm people, aren't I? <laughs> Apparently. Um, and, and the other thing is here, I, I actually disagree with you on Charles Sims. Uh, I think he's a low-end RB2 in PPR, but... Jaquiz Rogers actually saw a good chunk of work in this game. Um, I'm not sure if that was due to the blowout or if this is going to continue until Doug Martin returns, but, um, you know, I, I actually don't love Sims in this matchup, and I, I think that really Jameis Winston is going to get helped out by having Doug Martin back healthy after the bye week. Um, they need to stop throwing the ball so much. Part of it is relieving the pressure on Winston by having a stronger running game, and they need Doug Martin there for that. That's the release fail. Yeah, and uh, Cameron Brait, something to bring up. Uh, you know, he's a tight end, too. He's getting consistent targets, especially in the red zone. With Austin Sferry and Jenkins gone, uh, he's emerged, and I, I think that he's going to have relatively consistent targets going forward. He really seems to like him. He does target him in the, uh, in the end zone quite a bit. Yeah, uh, moving on to the Carolina side, uh, we may not see Cam Newton this week, depending on how his concussion protocol goes. I actually like Derek Anderson as a decent QB streaming option against a pretty bad Tampa Bay secondary. Yeah, I actually think this is fine. Um, if you've got room on your team, I mean, you have to because you know if you're if you're a Newton starter, I'm saying if you're a Newton owner, um, you you can't uh, you can't just roll with just Newton and hope for the best. Uh, pick up Derek Anderson. If Anderson plays, start Anderson. If Newton plays, you're you're 
you know, you're starting Cam Newton. I wouldn't go out of my way to start somebody that's playing on, on Sunday or Thursday or anything because you're going to be mad at yourself if Cam Newton plays, owns Tampa Bay, and he's sitting there on your bench. Yeah, and we saw that Derek Anderson's going to throw some picks, but he'll also throw some touchdowns, so I think he'll be fine in terms of fantasy production. Um, and then in terms of the running backs, uh, assuming Jonathan Stewart's still out, even though Fozzie Whitaker had the much better game, that was in an unexpected blowout at Atlanta. I think that Cameron Arter's pain is still the better start here at home against Tampa Bay. Yeah, Tolburton and uh, Cameron Artis Payne were basically game planned out of that game. Um, Tolbert only with two touches for the game. We know that that's not something that's going to be repeated. Um, I expect them to lean heavily on the run against Tampa Bay, and this Tampa Bay defense is, is not really going to put up much of a st- uh, put up much of a threat to stopping Carolina, in my opinion. Yeah, and speaking of not putting up much of a uh, a threat to stop them, Kelvin Benjamin, borderline wide receiver one against this terrible secondary. And then Greg Olson, his usual top five tight end play. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I'd throw Cameron Artis Payne in as a, as, a, as a flex play for me this week. Yep. Uh, I'll take Carolina at home. Give me the Panthers. All right. So a quick recap here. Uh, we got four teams on bye this week. Jacksonville, Kansas City, New Orleans, and Seattle. Um, real quick, uh, you know, if you're missing Blake Bortles or, you know, I doubt anyone's really starting Alex Smith outside of deeper leagues. But uh, if you were starting Blake Bortles at QB or Drew Brees or Russell Wilson, um, some quarterback options to stream that we mentioned, Brian Hoyer at Indy, uh, Derek Anderson against Tampa Bay if Cam Newton misses time, and then Trevor Simeon against Atlanta, and then Joe Flacco at Washington, or versus Washington at home. Yeah, those are some pretty good matchups. You guys got lucky. Yeah, and then... Um, in terms of streaming tight end options, if you lost Julius Thomas this week or Travis Kelsey, Kobe Fleener, and Jimmy Graham all on by, um, some streaming options, as we mentioned, Cameron Braid at Carolina getting plenty of targets from Jameis Winston, um, Jesse James on the Steelers still heavily involved in the red zone offense, Jimmy Graham already had a pretty good day against the Jets, and then Hunter Henry, if uh, Antonio Gates misses another week here, uh, he's certainly getting plenty of snaps, and then as I mentioned earlier on the show, uh, super desperate tight, tight end streamer Ryan Griffin could see double-digit checkdown targets in PPR. Tight end always always a, a weird spot to have to fill during your bye week because there's really only there's really rarely more than like 15 tight ends owned in any given you know normal league. But uh, there's some decent options typically available. Hunter Henry is is only owned in uh, he's not owned in a majority of leagues yet. Yeah, and I think the rule of thumb when picking up a streaming tight end is, uh, you know, your gut's going to tell you to pick somebody up and start them. Go against that because that other guy's <laughs> probably going to get random two-touchdown game. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. You're right. Um, you want to recap the injuries real quick? Sure. Uh, of course, the uh, concussions for both Carson Palmer and Cam Newton. Um, for some reason, Newton already sounds like he might play, whereas Palmer is probably already out. Um, Trevor Simeon. Uh, left shoulder injury, Kevin Wright, White and Wayne Washington, both with high ankle sprains that typically costs you. Um, if, it, if it's not a bad one, that can cost you about three to four weeks or up to six to seven weeks. But if it's bad enough, um, Des Bryant had a bad high ankle sprain one year and it affected him for the entirety of the season. Um, Chris Johnson uh, pulled a groin. Aaron Foster, we're still, we're still monitoring for a return. And uh, Dante Moncrief with the shoulder and the concussion are the main ones. 
Yeah, and so for me here, uh, the the clear number one uh, free agent uh, waiver wire ad this week is Blau Powell. We saw, uh, you know, we're not sure yet how severe Matt Forte's injury is exactly, but he needs to be owned. Um, and then, as I mentioned earlier, James White with angry Tom Brady, he should see an uptick in production, especially in PPR. And then, in that same vein, I think Deion Lewis, if he's not owned, you've you've got to stash him somewhere. Yes, uh, that's a great point. I, I think it. I think it depends on your league. Um, you you should know your owners in your league better than we do. Um, is there an I owner? I certainly hope so. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, I, but I, I guess I'm saying, you know, is there an owner who usually you know monitors these kind of injured guys or not? Because um, we're still a few weeks out from seeing Dion Lewis even practice, so he, he may be on your bench for a long time, depending on what your bye weeks look like. Uh, so it really depends. The worst thing you want to do is add him and then have to drop him for a bye week fill-in and then basically alert other owners to him in your league. Um, so use your judgment in terms of when exactly you want to pick up Dion Lewis. Yeah, you don't want to be giving other people credit for all your hard work. Yeah, um, certainly that was something that happened with David Johnson last year. I held him for most of the season, and then I really needed some guys for bye weeks, and I dropped him, I think it was a week or two before his big breakout. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's painful. It's really painful. Yeah, uh, I'm still trying to move on from that in case you couldn't tell. Um, I could. <laughs> uh, and then some other running backs here, Kenneth Dixon and Terrence West worth monitoring. Uh, maybe not uh, priority ads, but if you have the bench space, and then same with Andre Ellington. Uh, we'll see how long Chris Johnson's out, but he may be the backup right now, along with Kerwin Williams, if anything happened to David Johnson. Um, and then we mentioned last week, John Brown needs to be an owned. Uh, it might be too late now with his breakout game, but uh, he should be on, on somebody's roster. All those tight ends you mentioned, Cameron Brait, Zach Miller, Richard Rogers. Um, you like him more than me, but, but they could all do very well for you this week. Yeah, and then uh, just one last note. I know we don't talk too much about kickers and defenses, but I, I do believe that New England and Philadelphia are two defenses that are going to be top 10 the rest of the season. Defense wins championships. I think that's the old adage. Yeah, but more importantly, I think in fantasy, a lot of people uh, uh, you know, overlook the, you know, we always say not to draft defenses or kickers high um, in the preseason, but that's because we really don't know how things are going to shake out. Now that we're three, four weeks into the season, we have a good idea of who these teams are. And, and I think that we know enough to, to say that New England and Philadelphia are both going to be good defenses. Yeah, it definitely doesn't mean don't pay attention to it for the entirety of the season. Um, I typically uh, drop my defenses, stream defenses against uh, teams like Cleveland or something like that. Um, so that's that's usually my play. Yeah, I agree. But especially, uh, again, Philadelphia has already had their bye week, so you're not going to need to drop them and add someone anymore. Um, and then in the same vein, uh, certainly streaming defenses does work. I do that in some of my leagues. But if you can find a good defense that you don't have to worry about streaming, then, you know, all the better. I like it. All right. Well, that is going to wrap up this show for us. Uh, we hope that you are doing well in your leagues. And, you know, if you're not, if, if you're 0-4 or 1-3, there's still plenty of time, depending on how many teams make the playoffs in your league. It's, it's not over till it's over. Um, we're still pretty early on in the season. No need to panic just yet. Uh, but certainly if your team is 0-4 or 1-3, time to make some high-risk, high-reward uh, moves. Keep pushing, keep grinding, and just win, baby, win. 
Yeah, and uh, as always, if you have any questions for us, whether it's waiver wire ads, injuries, or sit-start questions, you can find us on Twitter. I am at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. I'm at FFA underscore Los, L-O-S. You can follow our producer, Dan, at FFA underscore Dan, D-A-N, and thank him for the great work he's done on this podcast uh, this week and every week. Um, Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Fantasy Football Addicts Podcast, and subscribe to the podcast in your iTunes store or in the Purple Podcasting app. We are also in the Google Play Store, I believe it's called. I don't have those devices, Mung, is that right? Yeah, you're so good with technology, huh? And math. Uh, Oh, yeah, I do my best. All right, well, as always, it's a fantasy world, and we're all just addicts in it. Thanks, addicts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. 